Now let's get into the word. We are on our 10th episode of our series called Masterpiece in Progress. And we want to really jump into, uh, as we're doing this survey through the book of Ephesians, we're going to really jump into this fifth chapter. I think it's going to be a great revelation and a blessing to you. I just want to remind you that uh, a masterpiece is uh, a capital performance. It's uh, something that is extraordinary. It's something that is exceptional. It is superior in its quality. But the key is a masterpiece happens over time. There's progress that occurs in order to achieve a masterpiece. And a masterpiece is not known uh, because of its speed or, or because of how quickly it's done. It's based upon the quality and the exceptional uh, workmanship that is done in order for it to be achieved. And so with that in mind, I want to remind you that our foundational scripture comes from the New Living Translation, Ephesians 2 and 10. And it says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And today our focus is going to be on that God calls us to shine as light in the darkness. We need to live wisely, rejecting what displeases the Lord and embracing what pleases him. Let me say that one more time. We need to live wisely, rejecting what displeases the Lord and embracing what pleases him. And so we're going to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, starting at that first verse. And we're going to read down to the 20th, maybe the 21st verse, and we will go from there. We're looking in the English Standard Version of the Bible, starting at Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the first verse, Ephesians 5 and 1. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I need to stop there for just for a moment just to bring this out that God's desire, God's whole thing is that he wants us to imitate who he is. He wants us to have his character in how we conduct ourselves and he wants us to emulate who he is by how we carry ourselves. So God's desire is for us to be imitators of him. That means you, you know, you used to do that with your little brother and your little sister when you was coming up. When they say something, you say something, you say the very same thing and you know, but that's how he wants us to conduct our lives, that we will imitate a godly nature, a godly character as we go forward. 
Verse number three says, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named upon you as is proper among saints. We can't have the situation where the world's thing, the things that the world does because we are in a hedonistic society right now where sex is all over the place. I mean, it's just graphically all over the place. And we should not be as comfortable with that as the world is. We should have a higher level of standard when we deal with how we interact with folks. And so that also kind of brings into the fact that we might have to watch what we watch. We have to be cognizant of what we listen to and we have to be aware of what we're saying. So we have to make sure that if we're being imitators of God that we are doing this in a way that does not cause folks to say there's nothing, nothing different between a saint and someone that does not believe in Christ. If they came into your home and they came and hung out with you, would they say there's something different about the atmosphere of your home because you believe in God and you are Im uh, imitating God? And then if they went to someone that, that did not believe in God and went to their home, would they say there's a difference in the environment of those homes? Would they say there's a difference in the conversations in that home? Would they say there's a difference in the entertainment in that home? Or would they say there's no difference? So we have to ensure that we are imitating, that we are being those kingdom citizens that God desires for us to be as his children. And number four, verse four says, let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Five says, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you, verse 6 says, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. 7 says, therefore do not become partners with them. Don't, do not be, become so close to them that no one can tell the difference between the person that is a citizen of the kingdom and a person that's a citizen of the world. Don't let your, uh, the Bible says, don't let your good be evil spoken of because of how it looks to those that are around you. And don't let no one deceive you with empty words. I want to bounce off of that. Let no one deceive you with empty words, with words that have, just say, well, everybody else is doing, so why don't you do it? They're, well, because I belong to a different kingdom. 
So because I belong to a different kingdom, I have some regulations, I have some procedures and some processes that I follow being a person in the kingdom of God than a person that is not of the kingdom of God. For instance, there are things that we do here in the United States that people in the United Kingdom or in England do not do. Now, both of us speak English and we both, uh, although it's a variation of English, we both speak English, we both uh, have men, we both have uh, women, uh, we both drive cars, they drive on one side of the road, we drive on the other side of the road, so there's some differences in the various kingdoms. But one thing that a lot of the world will acknowledge is that Americans are different. When you go visit another country, they're always like, you must be an American. So there's about how, how an American conducts themselves, how they uh, uh, talk and how, you know, how they go with their expectations and things like that causes folks to know that there's something different, that they're not of that kingdom. This is the same thing in God's kingdom. They should know that there's something different about you by how you speak how you conduct yourself, your expectations and situations, they should see that there is a difference in you. Seven says, therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world, in the Lord. Walk as children of light. I need to hit you with, with one more time. For at one time you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The significance of light is that light dissipates darkness every time. Every time you go into a dark room and you have a flashlight, you have a match, as soon as you turn on, it illuminates the room. So it said at one time you were darkness, you were not having any of the light of Christ in you. But now that because you are in Christ, you now have this light, so walk as children of light. And the word walk, we say that means to move with intentionality, to operate with intention, walk as a citizen of the kingdom, walk as a person that is keeping their mind set on what is good, what is lovely, you know, the things, the fruit of the spirit. And we want to be those citizens that are known to be of the kingdom of God. It says in verse number nine, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So good, right and true is light. Then it goes on and says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them. How do we cause this ex exposure to occur? 
by living a life of light. Darkness cannot dwell in light. So we have to have this mindset that no matter where I go, I am going to represent God in my conduct. I'm going to represent God in my <clears throat> uh, conversations. I'm going to represent God in my attitude. And so that the goodness, the rightness, the trueness of who God is working in me begins to affect those that are around me. Because light casts off darkness. But it is shameful even to speak of things that they do uh, in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. So as you are living this uh, right, this good and true lifestyle, it starts to reveal to others that I'm not living the same way and I need to change. Paul said it like this, he says that we are living letters, that we are living reflections of the word of God that is being read by all men, that men are looking at how we do things and they are looking at how we are conducting ourselves and they are saying, I want that. I need to change how I am doing things so that I can have what that person has. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, the word says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And it's talking about when you hear the word and you realize that you need Christ in your life, that it is like you come out of this uh, state of death and you are now walking in the newness of life. And because you now have this newness of life, you are radiating Christ. You are radiating that good, that true, that rightness that will cause the darkness to be exposed and cause others to realize I need Christ in my life because I want my life to be better. And so then Paul goes on in verse 15, says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Look carefully how you walk. And remember, I told you the word walk means to operate with intentionality. Look how you intentionally do things. Look how you intentionally do things because you want to do it with wisdom not with foolishness. You want to walk worthy of the citizenship. You want to walk worthy of the calling. You want to walk worthy of who has called you out of darkness and brought you into the light. So you want to walk worthy of God's kingdom. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. How do we understand the will of the Lord? By fellowshipping with one another, 
by reading the word of God, by conversing with the word of with, with God in prayer, and doing this on a regular so it helps us to build up. It helps us to become encouraged. It helps us to be able to shed off some of the darkness that is trying to pull us back from the light and so that we can fully be in the light. Verse number 18 says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm going to stop right here, and I, I, I need to talk about this because it, it needs to be discussed. It says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, some folks would say that this is just two different things. But I want to point out that another name for wine, another name for any alcoholic beverage is spirits and so it's saying don't get don't go excessively into the dark spirits all right because that leads to conditions that cause you to not live according to God's word most of the time or I shouldn't say most of the time, but a lot of people that uh, drink excessively are those that are trying to self-medicate is a term that we use. They're trying to fill a void that is in them. It could be uh, because I was in, in the military, I understand that when some folks have lost uh, battle buddies, folks that were very close to them in the, in the wars that we were in, that some folks, because there's a feeling of loss and regret because they lived or because uh, they thought they could have done something to prevent that or whatever, they start drinking uh, alcohol in order to try to soothe that feeling on the inside. Or it's because they're depressed. Or it's a bunch of different things that are going on in their lives and it causes them to self-medicate with alcohol. But what Paul is bringing out of this uh, contrast is the fact that you could use this physical wine, this, these physical spirits, in order to try to fix that hole that's in you. He says, but if you would get filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will come in and it will repair the feelings. It will repair the holes in your spirit. It will repair everything that is going on that you are trying to fix yourself. God says, I already know how to fix it because I designed you. I've made you and I know the best way to remedy this situation. So instead of you trying to fix it by drinking, by smoking, uh, whether it's uh, uh, tobacco, whether it's uh, marijuana, whether it's meth, whatever it is that you're trying to use to try to make you not think about or feel about the situation, God says, if you come 
and submit yourself to me and to the rulership of my kingdom, when my spirit begins to dwell in you, it will begin to repair those breaches that you have because if you remember when you used, okay, I'll say it like this. I remember when I used to drink and the next day I would have some residual from drinking. Y'all call them hangovers. I call them big old headaches. Whichever way you want to describe it. And I did not necessarily feel better because of what I did the night before. Most of the time I felt worse because it caused some things to happen in my body that were not good for my body. But when I accepted Christ into my life and he began to show me how to maneuver and how to negotiate these situations that I was going through, I realized that God could heal this at a level that alcohol could not reach. And because of that, I had complete healing. And a lot of times it becomes this one time healing because it's complete. Because when God does it, he does it completely. And I don't have to spend a bunch of money on fifths. And I don't have to, you know, go to a state that has legalized THC. I don't have to do any of that stuff because the spirit of God comes in me and has revealed to me how to ease what I thought was pains, what I thought was situations, what I thought was uh, this, this pressing on me, and I was able to turn all that over to God. And when I turned it over to God, he gave me hope, he gave me joy, he gave me peace, which allowed me to no longer have to uh, run to these spirits that were trying to lead me into different levels of debauchery <coughs> but it says be filled with the spirit and 19 says addressing one another in songs in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and so we want to create this environment where we are making this, uh, uh, that when we talk to everybody, each other, we are talking about the goodness of God, that we're praising and magnifying God for all that he's done for us, not trying to one-up each other, but we're just talking about how God's goodness is blessing us, especially compared to how we were living outside of how God was in our lives. So we want to walk in the power of what that is, which is the fact that God has done a thing in me. He has taken me out of the darkness, brought me into the light. I now am focused. I'm intentionally moving toward what is good, what is right, and what is true. I am standing up. I am being an example of a good kingdom citizen so that others can see the light of God reflecting off of me into their lives. 
And so throughout this entire scripture, uh, these scriptures that I just went through, I, I want to point out a couple of things. First of all, that Paul was bringing out, do not even tolerate a little bit of sexual immorality. Jesus said it like this. He said that a little bit of leaven, a little bit of yeast will cause the whole loaf to expand. So we want to be careful because sex is everywhere. We want to teach our young people. We want to teach our old people. We want to teach our children how to be well-mannered well -mannered, and how to negotiate all this sex stuff that is going on trying to pull them into the hedonistic uh, society in which we now live. The whole point of this fifth chapter is, is a word that I'm quite sure that some of y'all have heard before and that word is called sanctification. Sanctification is the process by which we more and more conform to the image of God. The process. This whole Masterpiece in Process series is talking about sanctification, how we can become more like the image of Christ, how we can proceed on and on to become more like Christ and grow in him. We have to realize that there are some things that are truly pleasing to the Lord. And there are some things that do not please the Lord. And so we have to operate in a mindset that we want to do the things that reflect what is good, what is right, and what is true. And we want to have a walk in faith because faith is what pleases God. And so with all that pulled together, put into this scripture, we want to operate in the midst of those that don't know Christ. However, we want to operate as beacons of light, not in conformity with those that are around us. Back in the days when we had a lot of ships and we didn't have a lot of sonar and radar and all that other stuff, we built on the edge of the shore, we built a thing called a lighthouse. And the lighthouse purpose was to indicate to the ship that you're getting close to shore. And it could be dark and it could be fog and you would see that light flash because it spun around. And they would see that light flashing and that light would, could be seen through the darkest night and the thickest fog to let you know that you were in danger if you continued in that direction. And so what we want to be, we want to be the lighthouse 
that lights up situations. We want to be that light beam that lights up situations that shows that where you are operating now, if you don't know Christ, there is another level that you can go to, that you can get fulfillment, that you can get joy, that you can get peace, that you can get everything that you need in order to live in this lifetime. And that is the point that Paul is pulling out of this, that we are imitators of God. We are light. We are those that he have called in order to be examples to others so that they will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is more to obtain and greater benefits for being a citizen of God's kingdom. Well, that's all we have for today. And I just want to thank you for hanging out with God's House Christian Church. I know something that was said today that was a blessing to you. I hope you took some time to throw your hearts, to go ahead and talk to the folks that are on the chat lines and just have your little conversations back there because that's what we want to do. Because we're not stopping this. Even when we go back to in person, we're still going to have our online presence. And so with that being said, I want to say this. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is the first point along this journey. You have to have a relationship with Jesus in order to get the benefits that God has for you. Jesus said that he is the way, that he is the truth, and that he is the life, and that no man can come to the Father except by him. He says anybody that tries to come in any other way is nothing but a thief and a robber. So what I want to say to you today is, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of your rescue. Today is the day that you take off the cloak of darkness and put on the garment of light. And it's easy thing to do. All you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says that you shall be saved. The Bible also says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's nothing uh, dynamic about it, but it's very simple, but it is life-changing. And so if you are in that situation today where you've accepted Christ into your life by simply saying, Lord, I accept you into my life. I believe you died for me and you, are now forgiven, you have now forgiven me of my sin. And I thank you for welcoming me into the kingdom of God. Quite simple. If you've done that today and it's your first time doing it, please let us know so that we can get in contact with you and provide you with additional information by which to help you to continue on to become the masterpiece that God has designed for you to be a long time ago. Thank you again for 
hanging out with God's House Christian Church. We look forward to seeing you again. We have Thursday night Bible study. If you would like to jump on and uh, participate in that, uh, email us. Let us know that you would like to participate. We'll send you the information and you can celebrate with us on Thursday nights. Until we meet again, may God's blessings continue to be upon you and overflow you.